This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey, everybody. Thanks, as always, for listening in today on Green Talk from GreenLivingIdeas.com. This is Sean Daly, GreenLivingIdeas.com's Editor-in-Chief. And today I have with me Chris Spain, who is the CEO of HydroPoint Data Systems. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sean. Uh, it's really nice to be on your show. Thanks for inviting me. You bet. Well, now, I have to tell you a funny story. This is hilarious. I, I looked at my, my show notes today, for today. I have a, an associate that, that helps me book the, the, you know, the podcast interviews. And I'm looking, I'm saying, oh, this is really cool. It's a 707 area code, uh, which we're, we're in as well. And then I looked at the company and I said, HydroPoint Data Systems. I know HydroPoint Data Systems. That's familiar. And then I looked at your name and I'm like, wait a minute. I have met Chris Spain before. So this is really funny because I, I back in, I don't know if you'll remember this, but back in about 1992, uh, in my previous incarnation as, a, as an IT network consultant, I came out and helped you guys with your Lantastic Network. <laughs> Do you remember that back in? Oh, my God. That is so incredible. <laughs> so, that is hilarious. Down in uh, South of Market at the Shaman. That's, yep. At our Shaman uh, company. Yeah, we started up, uh, uh, my previous life, I was a, I'm actually a, a Serial entrepreneur, which uh, is a scary thing at times, uh, shows a lack of uh, uh, ability to never be uh, less than terrified all the time. But um, <laughs> that's it. Uh, but we started up a, a software reliability company, and uh, we sold that right in uh, the height of uh, the dot dot bomb com uh, era, and right in 2000. And what we did is we analyzed networks and found out vulnerabilities and issues related to software reliability. Yeah, okay. Well, too, too funny. Small world. That is a small world. I, our, our paths cross again. Well, first of all, I want to say I'm very glad to see you guys uh, doing well and obviously thriving. I saw your website and have uh, become familiar with the products. So for, for the benefit of our listener audience today, I, I don't want to keep this as a private conversation. Make sure they get to have the benefit of understanding what you guys do as well. So why don't you give us just a quick overview of HydroPoint and what it does. Oh, that sounds great. Well, it's nice to finally be talking to somebody who... Uh, I don't have to explain the transition from high technology to uh, green technology. Uh, so it's, it's great that we have the shared background. I heard a new term the other day, eco-geek. I thought that eco-geek. was... Yeah, there's an ecogeek.org website <laughs> run, by a, run by a guy who's doing a really cool job. And, uh, yeah, so there's a plug for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's, that's what it's about. Well, um, yeah, as, as you sort of mentioned as our background... Um, uh, we started this company uh, in 2002, and we were excited to sort of uh, translate uh, our experience in advanced data systems and wireless technology to an area that we thought was only going to become more important and, and uh, require you know, a lot of focus, which is water management. Uh, so HydroPoint, uh, on a high level, is a water management solutions company, and what we do is we address uh, the area that has the highest consumption of urban water, which, as it turns out, uh, which is always a shocking statistic to me, uh, 58% of all urban water goes to landscapes. 
And out of that 58% that's uh, being irrigated across, which is essentially America's biggest uh, irrigated crop, which is lawns and landscapes, uh, it's currently being irrigated with an existing technology, which is just simple timers, these irrigation controllers. And the problem with these controllers is they have no intelligence in regards to how much to water or when to water. And I think everyone you know, that thinks about the topic can you know, immediately think of times where they've been seeing it's a shady day or it's raining and the irrigation controllers are firing the sprinklers at full blast. And the reason for that is just because there's no intelligence in the timers. So there's, there's about 40 million irrigation controllers in the United States and uh, what happens is not only do they just uh, irrigate without any real comprehension of what the landscape needs, they're almost always set at their highest level. And the reason for this is if it gets hot, people start to see their landscape stress, and they run out and they just take a cowboy art guess on how much time to put on that controller, crank it up, and as the weather decreases in heat, invariably they fail to go back out and adjust the controller. And I I feel some shame as you say this because I have been this person. I'd like to separate myself from it, but I can't. You know, guilty as charged. So tell us how to, tell us how to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, I think it's it's, without a doubt, you know, uh, life being as busy as it is, it's it's absurd to think that on a day by day basis, anybody's going to have the time to adjust the controller. Uh, but even more importantly, unless you have a degree in horticulture, how are you going to know how much to adjust the controller and under what basis do you solve that problem? Mm-hmm. So, so that's what uh, our technology does. We, we manufacture this uh, solution called WeatherTrack, and it created an entire category in urban water conservation called smart controllers. And smart controllers or weather-based controllers are exactly what they sound like. They're irrigation controllers that adjust irrigation uh, to the plant's specific requirements based on weather and the specific plant requirement. And so there's, there's really three components that, that you have to have to make uh, a smart controller work. You, you first have to have some sort of way to figure out what the weather's doing. Obviously, that's a huge influencer. But the next piece of it is, is you need a way of calculating exactly how much water needs to be applied and when to your landscape. And the way we solve that problem is we have a scheduling engine, which is a fancy way of explaining how we get data into the controller to calculate a scientifically-based irrigation schedule. And what we do is, you know, each of your typical controller has zones, hydrozones, that it irrigates. And rather than just making four schedules work across 12 or 24 or 48 stations, we actually create a customized schedule for each zone. And the way we do that is we ask you simple to answer questions about each of those zones. What's the dominant plant type? What kind of soil? Is it sloped? Um, is it shady or sunny? And each of those easy-to-answer questions then looks up a very exact database value that then is put into a scheduling engine or an irrigation uh, calculation, and we come up with a customized irrigation schedule for each of your zones. And then what you do is you call us up or your irrigation contractor calls us up and says, hi, I'm at you know, XYZ address. And what we do is we look that address up and fix it on a longitude and latitude basis on the planet and assign it a one-square-kilometer microzone value. And every day we send to you uh, weather information about that square kilometer. It's like having a virtual weather station in your backyard. Wow. And we use satellite technology to talk to the controller. So That's really cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those... Uh, it's fun, you know, from, as you probably know from your IT experience and my old background, uh, my, I, my high technology companies, 
describing your business usually uh, either puts people to sleep or they don't know what you're talking about. But uh, this is one of those businesses where I don't care who I'm talking to, they instantly go, yeah, how come... How come they haven't always done that? Like, yeah, right. It well, makes so much sense. Well, so it, it, me... it does, Chris. You know, it, it's it's so cool. This is what I get into, you know, and it's it's one of those things where whether you care about IT and technology or not, it doesn't really, you know, matter. And, and you know, you can just be a, a user or even a beneficiary of it, you know, but the important thing is that we take this wonderful technology that obviously exists in the world today and start gearing it towards... Uh, things that actually help the environment and and help our lives and you know and uh, and you know the, that's the, one of the obviously the best uses that we can put technology to and it's I applaud your efforts and I, I love to see companies that are, are fusing those things together um, and, and where I think we're kindred spirits in that is like you know how, how can we use technology to actually further this cause and because um, it is one of the greatest ways to leverage it so you know this is a uh, very similar to <clears throat> we were talking about sort of the internal version of this and the impact of, for example, uh, we were talking to Home Co- Comfort Zones the other day, a company that does really intelligent thermostat controls, and this came up is that, you know, y- really what you need to do is plug the hole in the dike first, and that is the inefficiency of the, the standard equipment that goes in a home. In that case, it was the home thermostat, this, you know, just basically blasting out heat without any feedback mechanism whatsoever, or, or air conditioning, without any feedback mechanism, totally non-intelligent, and the wastefulness that results from that. And so this is really exciting because this is the outdoor version, this is the landscaping version. And, you know, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think what's interesting is, you know, uh, the great news is that everybody is basically getting on the bus in regards to recognizing the uh, validity of global warming and understanding the profound effect that lots of little actions, when accumulated, become, you know, exponential in their damage and their, their negative effect. And what I find interesting is there's... It, there's uh, almost immediately, as an individual, you almost have this sort of uh, uh, doom and gloom and sort of what can I do sort of response. And what's exciting about, I think, clean tech or green tech is that, you know, there are solutions, there are things that people can do. And in regards to, you know, what really represents a ray of hope is that they're talking about what I like to call a triple win situation where, you know, not only um, is the the customer or the, the user of the technology able to do something that's good for the planet, but more importantly for exponential adoption and widespread use, they make money. <laughs> yeah. and so you know they actually there's a motivation. You know there's you know where our customers are large national corporations, and you know while they have a commitment to do what's right, um, if you want to get them acting quickly, when you show them a three thousand percent ROI hmm. and a you know twelve month payback, it, you get to the top of the pile quick. That's right, and, you know, that's the thing is, I agree with you, and we've said that, actually, I've, I've I used the word uh, triple win uh, as well in, in the past with regards to this and other things, but it's there that you can actually, you know, benefit financially, and so for, for you know, your consumer or somebody who wants to do good in the world, somebody who's watched An Inconvenient Truth or, you know, some television program or whatever, read a book, um, th- it's going to be a heart-based decision. In, in most cases. But the, the truth is you shouldn't feel guilty, you being a person out there or you being a corporation, about the fact that you know, you're going to also financially benefit from these types of investments, whether it's solar on your roof or a landscaping and irrigation, intelligent ir- smart irrigation solution like the one that HydroPoint makes or you know, the home control thing, wh- whatever it might be, or building control whatever it might be, because you're actually going to improve your, there is going to be an ROI on the investment, and these things aren't, you know, either-or decisions, and it's a very important point to reinforce. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think I think you know the the daunting point for everybody is, my gosh, how can systemic, widespread tsunami-like change occur? And and my my counterpoint back is, uh, systemic tsunami-like change occurs when there's an economic driver to it. That's that's how change happens really fast, and that's what's exciting. And you know, I, when I agree with you at a corporate level. I think that that. Particularly, I think at the consumer level, you can get you know the Malcolm Gladwell tipping point. For anybody who's read that book out there, knows what I'm talking about. It's you know that that you know tipping point of something becoming on everyone top top of mind for everyone out there. And I totally agree, though. In the commercial world, it has to have a financial component that's going to drive them. And what's beautiful about all these technologies and decisions is, I, I don't think I've seen one yet, honestly, and on this show or in my own research, Chris, that hasn't had that side of it. I agree. I agree. I think that's what, what the reason you're seeing so much amazing financing going on and venture capital funding in the clean tech space is because they're viable businesses, you know, and, and uh, I think that's what gives a lot of credibility to them. And I think more importantly, assures that, you know, um, you know, one of my biggest worries about the space in general, which, you know, I like your uh, uh, concept of not greenwashing, is making sure that, you know, green technology doesn't make the missteps that happen with low-flow toilets, for example, you know, where, where poor quality, lack of independent studies, and uh, unproven products came out and really did a terrible job uh, disincenting and, and giving people an experience that um, an made them not want to embrace point. You know that that those missteps and those, the stigma that becomes associated with those missteps can last a very long time. I have spoken to people about oh things like uh, solar, uh, where and, and Michael McCutcheon, a, a show guest who was on right. last week, was talking about the fact that people still think in some cases that they overheat your homes or th- things that are just so far in the past. But it's amazing how that that the stigma and the misinformation will will continue along, and it's hard to escape that. So it is very important to get this right um, out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I know a lot of times you guys ask, you know, what's the sort of criteria for selecting, top, you know, products in your category? You know, of course, we, we think we're the best, but that's a little self-serving. But, um, you know, whatever solution you go with for smart irrigation, uh, weather-based irrigation, just make sure it's been independently proven and that, you know, they have reference customers and that they're not a, you know, uh, out of your garage kind of company because you really want to make sure there's, they're there for the warranty. They're there for the, the service, and that they know exactly what they've been doing because they have more than, you know, a couple thousand installed out in the marketplace. Because I don't care what you're doing, it takes a while to learn how to do it right. Yeah, and that's the key piece. Well, now, so, so, on, go ahead. Oh, so I was just going to finish up real quick on on the technology and, and how it works, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, so there's, as I said, there's there's three kind of big components in our solution. There's the irrigation controller, which from a technology background, what I found amazing is that irrigation is all standardized. You can put any uh, standard irrigation controller in any irrigation system. So you can put a Toro or a Rainbird or weather track controller in any kind of irrigation system that's out there. That's good. So, so that 40 million irrigation systems out there, um, you can easily retrofit those existing uh, irrigation systems with a weather track controller. Um, and I mentioned Toro for, again, self-serving reasons. They actually partner with us, and uh, we're an OEM provider for them. So you can buy weather track controllers either from HydroPoint or from Toro under their Toro or Irritual brand. And it was exciting getting a uh, 100-year-old uh, multi-billion-dollar company to uh, step up and embrace our uh, vision of uh, smart irrigation and intelligent irrigation. Yeah, that's a great reaffirmation. 
Yeah, I think I think it's key when you're doing uh, market transformation to get the leaders in the market, and if they understand and see the value, which is an interesting process for companies that are very established. But you know, that's the way to give comfort and confidence to the rest of the channel, and, and that's what real change requires. So, so going back to our solution, um, what we have is we have um, uh, our scheduling engine, which asks simple answer questions, calculates this. Uh, uh, customized irrigation schedule. Then we have this uh, weather-based piece. And what's fascinating, when we got into the, the whole arena of water conservation, uh, we did a lot of research and we hired some uh, very, uh, we actually hired the Monitor Group, which is a group of uh, uh, Harvard researcher-based, like a McKinsey Phillips. And we had them do an entire analysis of the history of water, low fluid toilets, water conservation in general. And, you know, this issue of how much to water and when has actually been an age-old question and maybe overstating a little bit has been the one issue that's really been essential for civilization throughout humankind, which is how do you maximize your water use and optimize crop output? And what's happened is, is you know, after years of research and literally billions of dollars uh, of studies, they've come up with what they call the gold standard for weather-based uh, indexes, which is ET. And ET, which you'll hear a lot if you start researching the topic, stands for evapotranspiration. And it's a simple concept. It's how much water is evaporated uh, through the soil during the day and transpired by the plant. And what's unique about what we do is we're able to, you know, typically for years, agribusiness, golf courses, and high-end horticulture installations have purchased very expensive weather stations and put them in. And those are ET weather stations, and they calculate ET, and then they calculate their irrigation schedule accordingly. And when we looked at the space, we said, well, gosh, you know, that's not going to scale. How can every homeowner buy a weather station? Additionally, you have to calibrate them and adjust them and verify their accuracy every six months. And we were able to uh, determine a way to utilize the 15,000 weather stations that upload their data every day to the NOAA satellite and using a supercomputer Linux cluster array calculate down to a square kilometer ET for all of North America, uh, Canada, U.S., and then uh, we also do Australia as well. Wow. And so basically it's a virtual backyard weather station, as I described before. So we've got the scheduling engine, the ET everywhere, which is the maintenance-free data service, and then finally it's solution services. And I think that's, you know, what's exciting, I think, about this whole space, and it's amazing once you start researching it, is that Literally, everyone has an opportunity to be green in their own backyard. You know, <laughs> I mean, the amount of compounded negative effects of what you do in your yard are absolutely amazing. And this is important, you know, this is what I was saying, because I feel, I mean, <clears throat> the lawns are a very, very unique, well, I won't say uniquely American thing, but we're really into our lawns. I have a lawn, I have a small front lawn. I've got, we were, luckily we're in Northern California where there's a lot of natural landscaping, and I'm in a, a an area where there's a lot of hills and mountains and it's it's acceptable, you know, uh, to have that natural landscaping. There's other places in the country where it's like you either have a lawn or you look like, you know, poor white trash. Right. <laughs> you know, and that's too bad because I mean that's a perception thing, and that's one of the things we just have to overcome as, you know, as a country. I think to. But what I'm really excited about is to hear that there's ways that you can actually create conservation so that you could actually have a reasonable size lawn and and keep it up because you know the greenery is nice to have. But I I have felt very guilty, you know, since I've really I feel like become awake. Um, over these last few years about about even having one. And so it's really nice to hear about it empowering solutions like this that, that will help. So now let's say, let's just move over to a, 
to a point where I always ask this kind of question too, is okay, let's say somebody's been listening in, they're saying, yes, this is me. Uh, like myself, for example, because <laughs> I'm, I'm sincere about that. Uh, I'm really curious. Now, you know, we've, we've talked about sort of the higher level technology underpinnings of it, or I should say the lower level underpinnings of it. What, what does this look like from a consumer standpoint? Who do I go to to buy this? Uh, you know, wh- what actually happens? You know, what kind of installations required? Uh, you know, what are the pieces that get put in? How complex is it? Because uh, we want to make sure people aren't scared away based on, you know, some of the, uh, the, the, the technological underpinnings. What's this like from a consumer standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. Those, those are good questions. Um, you know, the way we let Toro and AirTroll service the general consumer market, and so if like, you're interested in buying it, um, probably the best thing is just go to our website and we can refer you guys up. Or you can ask your landscape contractor or your irrigation contractor about weather track technology. Um, you know, for us, what we do is we service large commercial accounts or water agencies. So a lot of ways that people, like, for instance, in Sonoma County are getting weather track controllers. Petaluma is doing a uh, uh, controller giveaway or rebate program. City of Newport, if you live down there, you get a free controller, free landscape inspection, free follow-up, free uh, two-year service as well. And they're doing that not just because of the water savings, but because of the runoff reduction, which is something we can talk about in a minute. So as far as, um, you know, what are the nuts and bolts, like if I was telling a family member how to, how to do this and what it really means, um, really all you do is you uh, find an irrigation contractor, uh, we can set you up with somebody who's been trained. It doesn't really take any real special knowledge, but it's good. They can get trained on our website, actually. It's just uh, understanding what to expect. You put the controller in and uh, activate it, and after that, it'll just adjust the irrigation each day as it gets its weather information. As far as what to expect, the one issue is that probably your irrigation system isn't really that efficient uh, because you've been overwatering, mm-hmm. and overwatering hides up the inefficiencies. And so... What will usually happen is it will highlight some problems with your irrigation system that you want to address, like broken heads and the rest. So an irrigation system is a full system. The controller is just sort of the brains. And sort of like taking the heart and the circulatory system as an example, you know, the heart can be working great, but if you've got a chopped off foot, it's not going to make any difference to water conservation. So you just want to walk around your landscape, which is the point. I mean, landscape anyways. And as the controller works the next couple of weeks, you know, look for any stress spots. You can easily adjust the controller and make it waste as much water as a normal controller <laughs> until you fix those spots. <laughs> right, um, if you really but, want to return to that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, the, the, the goal is to get back to optimum conservation. They did a three-year study at the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power with our controller, and they calculated what was exact, perfect irrigation day in, day out for each specific landscape based on the local weather. And we were shown to hit 95% of that perfect curve day in, day out over two years. And then the the third year they did a a customer service analysis. So, you know, our controller is able to dial in exactly to what your landscape needs. But as far as, you know, the whole goal of the controller as far as hassle to the customer is recognize there's a lot more interesting things to do in life than to even think about your irrigation controller. Right. So, I'd say so we, want output, it, we want to set it and forget it. Most it's of set us. it and forget it. The, the first first month or so, is there's a tuning process because, you know, again, it might be that you've had two stations that were actually just completely broken and you've been flood irrigating. So, you know, when you first use the controller, you want to walk around the landscape and make sure things are working right. And then, you know, the same as with a normal irrigation controller, no difference. As time goes on, 
you just want to monitor your landscape. Somebody could mow over an irrigation head or a sprinkler head, and obviously that's going to be something the controller is not going to be able to fix. Right. Uh, but other than that, there's really no difference at all. Okay. Well, Chris, I have to tell you, I never thought I would say this, but I could literally talk to you about this all day because this is something that's very interesting to my wife and I. But unfortunately, we're running out of time uh, for the show today. But I would, I would really like to have you back again so we can continue talking about this, uh, this topic because I think it's really important. It affects most people out there, and it is a huge area of potential savings and having impact. Um, you know, people, don't, people, people think of uh, carbon offsets, but they don't think about you know, the impact. of Water is the biggest, one of the biggest problems facing the planet right now. And yeah, we, it really is. You know, if, if I could just leave you one last thought. I mean, yeah. I think what I find amazing is the compounded uh, multiple effects that are happening in each person's backyard. I mean, it's more than just wasting water. You know, 19% of all of California's energy is dedicated to moving, processing, and handling water. So when you reduce water, you save energy and you improve air quality of all things. And then all this water that's being overwatered, billions and billions and billions of gallons, is a massively destructive force on the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't just erode landscapes, kill plants, cause mold, foundation damage. I mean, massive liabilities. But it also ends up running off non-point source pollution and polluting waterways. So that's why they're giving away, you know, literally, you know, over $2,000 worth of free services and, and hardware to the citizens of Newport is because they have such a ma- just magnified problem of runoff for the Newport Bay. And so we've been proven by the EPA to reduce runoff by 71%. Wow. And, and not only reduce the runoff, but reduce the toxicity of that runoff. So when you let fertilizers and other components, animal waste, uh, not get run off the landscape and get radiated by the sun, they, they become more inert. And so overwatering isn't just about wasting water. It's, it's actually about a host of negative components that are really damaging the environment. So by keeping your landscape green and uh, irrigating properly and being smart, you actually are doing a huge multiple benefits to the environment. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I, you know, I thank you very much for your, your knowledge and information today and coming on the show and uh, sharing that with our audience. Appreciate it. Thanks, and uh, thanks for uh, starting this program. It's, it's just exciting to see how much people are embracing the idea of what a difference they can make and, uh, uh, you know, how important it is. It's really exciting, I think. Well, Chris Spain, CEO of HydroPoint Data Systems, has been my guest today. You can find more information about their products at www.weathertrack.com. That's T-R-A-K, weather, T-R-A-K.com. Chris, thanks again. Thank you. Take care. Thanks, as always, to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.